Welcome to Conversations About Government in Iowa. This Iowa Legislative Services Agency audio program consists of interviews conducted by the Fiscal Services Division staff. Each brief conversational interview features an expert answering questions concerning a topic of interest within an Iowa State agency. Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency, interviewed Calvin McElvogue, State Accounting Enterprise Chief Operating Officer with the Department of Administrative Services, regarding his work in state accounting and the changes that have been implemented over the years to ensure a solid financial outlook for years to come. My name is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency. Today our conversation is with Calvin McLevogue, State Accounting Enterprise Chief Operating Officer, regarding his work in state government and state accounting over the years. Good morning, Calvin. Good morning, Jennifer. To get started, can you please tell me a little bit about your current job responsibilities and how long you've been in your current position? Well, I've been the Chief Operating Officer of the State Accounting Enterprise for 12 years now. My main job is to supervise and make sure that the state makes all of their payments on a timely manner. And that goes from payments to vendors to employees' payroll. How long have you worked in state government and what other agencies have you worked for during your time with the state? I've been in the state almost 36 years now. I started with the Auditor State's Office. I was recruited out of Drake University. I worked for them for seven years. Then I moved to the Department of Revenue and Finance, which the state accounting enterprise was part of the Department of Revenue and Finance in those days. I was there until we uh, was moved to the Department of Administrative Services in 2003, and I've been with them since. Kelvin, I listened to your audio interview with Dave Reynolds from November 2011, and on that you guys discussed the Comprehensive Annual Financial Report, or more commonly referred to as the CAFR. In that interview, you mentioned that the CAFR began in 1989. What did the state do in regards to an annual financial report or a review of its finances prior to 1989? That's a very good question because that leads us into why the CAFR was produced to begin with. The state used to just put out their normal budget statement and their general fund budget statement on a, a yearly basis. We used to present that to the rating agencies and all of the New York market people. Their concern was that report was not detailed enough and didn't show a large enough picture of the state as a whole. Of course, as you know, the budget is not prepared on a gap basis, so there was a big concern from the rating agencies that the state needed to do some financial reporting on a gap. Gap, when I say gap, it's the generally accepted accounting principles. So as that change occurred from 1980 to 1989, were you involved in implementing the CAFR changes back then? I was. I was hired over in the Department of Revenue and Finance in 1987, and at that point the legislature and the governor had made a decision that the state needed to move forward with their financial reporting. We needed to listen to what people were telling us, and we needed to get on top of our accounting standards and our accounting practices at that time. So when I came over here, the first thing I did was hire some staff to begin the process of preparing a comprehensive annual financial report for the state. I will earn the Certificate of Excellence in Financial Reporting for the 2014 CAFR. What does that award mean to you, and how hard was that to achieve? The Certificate for Excellence in Financial Reporting from the, the Government Financial Officers Association is a, is a standard bearer which a vast majority of governments, both state and local, strive to achieve. It is one that is difficult to achieve. First thing you have to have it is an unmodified audit opinion. So that means you have to have worked with your auditor, in our case, our state auditor, 
to produce a report in which they can give us an unmodified opinion on. We did that first in 1989. We've did it every year since then, except for two, in which the auditor had some concerns with the amount of information he was able to audit. I think it was 2009 and 2010. And then the last few years, we've also gotten that. And it's difficult. It goes beyond what you would have to produce for a normal financial report for the state. It requires us to put in some additional information. It requires the Department of Management to provide some additional budget information and initiatives for future information. But it's a kind of a standard bearer for the state. If you have that, it's recognized by all of the reporting or the financial markets and everything that you have achieved that accomplishment. Over the past 36 years, what state policy changes do you feel have had the biggest positive impact on state finances? One of the biggest ones was the CAFR and the requirement that the state keep their accounts in compliance with generally accepted accounting principles. That was significant. That was the beginning of the state getting um, what I consider a positive movement in their financial practices and what we did. Also, right in line with that, you had the 99% expenditure limit that was put into place by the legislature and the governor's office. Along with that was the cash reserve and economic emergency funds. And then also the constitutional requirement that we have a balanced budget. All of those things play together and are very important as we move forward. And when we represent the state's finances, out those are key those are key elements that people focus on those things show that the state's being responsible in our financial practices and what we do and the cash reserve funds are very important to allow the state to pay all their bills in a timely manner and be able to have money in the emergencies if there's a budget crisis or a budget issue that we need to use the money so those have all been very positive moving forward what are some of the major challenges facing state accounting procedures for example, the new Governmental Accounting Standards Board or GASB reporting requirements. Have those impacted your office? The GASB standards impact us greatly. One of the things that we do is we follow those standards on a routine basis. We watch them. We respond for the state as to how that's going to affect us and whether it's a positive or a negative change, what we see. We also work very closely with all the departments to gather from them information and how it's going to affect them, if it's good, if it's bad. We try to respond and make sure that everyone's aware of what's happening. Once the standards are issued by GASB, we then work with the departments to make sure that they can implement those and they can produce the information that's needed and required. Some of the new things coming out, of course, the pension standards were the newest ones. I think everyone's been focused on that and has seen that. We worked very closely with IPERS and the State Auditor's Office and was able to make that transition. And in the fiscal year 15 CAFR, you saw those liabilities booked into the Comprehensive Annual Financial Report. So, I mean, that, that's the big item right now. That's the one that's getting the most publicity. There's some other ones coming down the road that are going to be significant, too. There's one on other post-employment benefits that GASB's working on that will come down the road in the future. Luckily for the state of Iowa, it doesn't have a significant impact on us. We are not one of the states that have guaranteed their employees health insurance for the rest of their life and some of those issues. So OPEB, it'll have a small impact upon us, but not like it's going to affect other governments. Leases is another one that's coming down the road that's going to be very, very large. GASB has put out their preliminary documents on that, and what they're going to do is require us to report all leases as capital leases. For the average 
taxpayer or citizen that doesn't mean anything mm -hmm. but in the financial reporting world that will be significant because we have a number of operating anywhere from a operating lease for a vehicle to a copy machine to buildings to all those type of things those leases for the first time are now going to become capital leases which means we'll have to do some more financial reporting and accounting for them and so we're working with that we're trying to get that one reduced the impact reduced a little bit but you just don't know where that'll end up down the road one other big thing that's coming down the road which won't hit probably for another five years is the GASB has begun the reporting uh, model review again and in that is there's some belief that they may require us to take all of our fund accounting to accrual based accounting which currently we're on modified accrual accrual based accounting will now require us to add some additional liabilities and things to other specific funds but that's that's at least five years down the road okay. so a couple of things that besides GASB that directly impact state accounting and state finances that are always very important are technology the elimination of paper is a big thing and the movement to more electronic type transactions all of those items are things that are going to impact the state accounting enterprise and all of state government in the near future as you look back over your career so far, what do you feel have been your biggest accomplishments? I think the biggest accomplishment is, for the first time, we've been able to bring all the state departments together, gather all their financial information, pull it together, and have it in one place where people can go and see it, and that's the Comprehensive Annual Financial Report. All the details may not be in the Comprehensive Annual Financial Report, but as you know, Jennifer, a lot of the details have to be maintained by my staff or, or members of my staff. So uh, the governor's office, the legislature, a lot of people use that information and get it. And I think, you know, that's been a major uh, accomplishment. Before, people were scattered going all over trying to find financial information. And the CAFR has done that. Um, I think the I-3 implementation was a huge step forward for the state of Iowa. It was a major change in the state's business processes. At the time when we were implementing it, we didn't know how difficult that was going to be. But over the past 12 years, we've seen that those business processes have gradually changed and things are moving forward now. And it's very positive. It's been a big thing. The other one is kind of one that I'm proud of in that we've had the income offset process for numerous years. The state's had it for over 20 years now where we've used it. But in like the last eight years, we have expanded that process both to local governments where we collect debts and give money to the local governments, and we hit casino winnings, which we are one of a few states in the United States that does the casino offset program. So I believe that's very significant. It's a very big issue. And to give you an idea, offsets collected $47 million in fiscal year 15 for state government, local governments, and everyone else. Thank you so much, Calvin, for taking the time to have this discussion with me about your career in state government and state accounting. Thank you, Jennifer.